Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 36 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, information, and brotherhood, friendship, love, hope, forgiveness, and trust. I think we're definitely going for trust this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morris, Marvel.com Associate Editor and Freelance Cowboy. Yep. Trying it out, man. I All need right. to make some extra bucks. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Don't let it affect your day-to-day job, though. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. I'm getting lessons from... Associate Producer Blake Garris. I guess you can call me Mustache Mistake. Mustache mistake? There's nothing. To, <laughs> there's no mistake there. That's a. It's a good um, old mustache, young no, man. You're being generous. That's true. <laughs> Thank you, though. I actually just started looking at it. There's like an empty spot right <laughs> here. Yeah. Oh. It was on a whim. I don't want to talk about it. It's like one of those paintings you see from really far away that's really pretty, and then you get up close, and you're like, oh, it's just a stick figure. <laughs> well, speaking of another mistake, we have. Ooh. Oh. Wow. Blake just bowed. Intern Anthony Chanza. Yeah, sick burn. You know, I should bring up, I told you guys earlier, I was listening to some of last week's podcast with my wife this weekend. She thinks I'm too hard on Anthony. So I'm going to try to ease up a little today. But I'd also like to know what the listeners think. The Twin Maniacs. Are we too rough on Anthony? Are we not rough enough? Is he not learning his lessons? So please, Ryan, why don't you let them know how they can get in touch with us to tell us this and other things. Transition. You can use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on Twitter. Make sure you use that hashtag for all your questions and comments, not just about the podcast, but also about Marvel in general. And we will touch upon those in a future episode. But let's right now jump right into the comics available on July 4th. July 4th. That's right, guys. It's the 4th of July podcast. America. The beautiful land of hope. I am America. A real no, we can't. We don't have the rights to that. I Do not sing any of that. United States in. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. all United States in here. So it's so Monday. Yeah. It's not even Fourth of July for That's us right. yet. Happy birthday, America! You guys will be reading after it, so I hope you had a happy, healthy, and safe Fourth of July. And yep. if you're not in America, then I hope your Wednesday was wonderful. Yeah, nice, happy Wednesday. Yep. But yeah, let's jump right into the comics. Ben, you start us off. Age of Apocalypse, number five, written by David Lapham. Guest art this issue by Davide Gianfelice. We've got Jean Grey's first mission as one of the exterminated. She goes out with Prophet. They track down Quentin Choir, the Age of Apocalypse version of Quentin Choir. We get some insight into Jean Grey's persona, how she came to be in the state she's at, which I enjoyed because I'm really enjoying this world and the increased fleshing out of it. We learn more about her relationship with Wolverine, a.k.a. Weapon Omega, over in this reality. And Quentin Quire is a pretty whacked-out dude in Age of Apocalypse. He's pretty wacky in uh, our Marvel Universe, but he's all sorts of different. I really enjoyed Jan Felice's art in this issue. Very different, but inconsistent with the dark tone of this book. It's a nice little standalone tale of what's going on in the Age of Apocalypse. Gives you a, a sense for this series, which is one of my underrated gems for this year so this is a good one to uh hop on board if you maybe didn't try the first four issues and are thinking of wetting your toes with the next arc yep amazing spider-man number 689 out this week by dan slott with art by giuseppe camoncoli inks by klaus jansen colors by frank dermata this continues the no turning back arc of spidey with dr kurt connors spoiler alert having reverted back to his human form the lizard is away but if you're reading it you know things are not quite what they seem for old doc uh, it's a whole new twist on the lizard yeah it's good stuff 
it's creepy and scary, and I love Giuseppe Camicoli's eyes, mm. the way he draws the eyes throughout this, specifically with Kurt Connors, is just crazy pants. And also his eyes. He's got beautiful eyes. Yeah, he's wonderful, dreamy. In this, you know, Morbius has done some nasty stuff. Horizon is in a bad state right now after bringing Connors and Morbius into things. And Spidey is angry. Spidey's super angry. Spidey's just in a bad way after Ends of the Earth when Silver Sable died. And he's just completely unraveling because of his whole nobody will die on my watch thing. And someone did die. It's interesting to see him just kind of at his wit's end. You really feel like the weight on Spider-Man's shoulders has become even greater than ever before. And it feels like at any minute he could snap. There's a very real tension and a very real fear that you can feel coming through the pages. Yep. Uh, in this issue, we also get a good look at Joe Caramagna. Speaking of handsome guys. Yeah, right? That's what we're talking handsome about. devil. Yeah, writer and letterer for our Spidey books. New Jersey's own. Yep. Yeah, good stuff all around. If you're seeing the Amazing Spider-Man film this week, then uh, I definitely suggest you pick up this issue and the previous issue because it's got a, a lot of similar things going on. Avengers vs. X-Men, round seven. We're already more than halfway through Avengers vs. X-Men, and, man, it's packing everything into every issue. We get, in this issue, first of all, gorgeous, gorgeous art by Olivier Coipel with inks by Mark Morales and colors by Laura Martin, true dream team. Not to mention letters by Chris Eliopoulos, another fantastic craftsman in his own right. Script on this one's by Matt Fraction, and it's just... A whole new dynamic of Avengers versus X-Men as seen in the title because now the X-Men got the Phoenix Force. The X-Men have the Phoenix Force. They got it. They have it. They, the X-Men got it. that Phoenix Force and they go in after the Avengers. So they basically, they've taken the fight to the Avengers. They want to get hope back. And we see now the Avengers who traditionally are the more powerful team because they've got a larger roster. They've got more heavy hitters. Now the X-Men have... The true heavy hitters, they've also reunited in a sense. Basically, every X-Men but Wolverine is now on the same page. The schism is somewhat in the past. And we have these hugely powered X-Men invading Avengers Tower, going to town with them. Just a great, big, honking fight where we really see what the new Phoenix X-Men can do. We see what the Scarlet Witch is capable of. We get some tension between the members of the Phoenix Five. Namor, in particular, is not one to take orders particularly when he's got the power of the phoenix. Something crazy happens with Hawkeye, which I'm not going to give away. And then that's just the first half of the issue. Then the Avengers go to Wakanda. The city of Kunlun gets involved. We're back on Utopia. It's a really world-spanning issue. It's just packed with goodness. As always with Avengers vs. X-Men, it's like the fights alone are just killer. They're kick-ass. They look great. But the human element, the stuff going on with Hope, Stuff going on with, are the X-Men right? Are the Avengers right to be scared? Certain Avengers not trusting one another, but thrust into awkward situations, in particular the Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Just so many great things. You could pick out about 80 different things going on in this comic, and each of them could be their own story. But they're all awesome. Love it. And the end of the issue, just what's coming next, what's coming for the Avengers, it's not looking good. It's not looking pretty. Not looking pretty at all. Well, looking pretty pretty. It's looking pretty, oh, but not art, pretty. pretty art is gorgeous. It's looking pretty because the art's good. It's looking pretty because the character being drawn is an attractive individual. But the fate about to befall the Avengers. 
is ugly, <laughs> with the cadence used there to imply drama. And you should listen later this week to Blake and I's Avengers vs. X-Men podcast, where we'll have Nick Lowe and Tom Brevoort in here to talk uh, all about it. Actually, they should listen... They should have already listened to that. No, part. no, it's not no. coming until Friday this week. Not coming until Friday. Uh, Later this week. The order is all bollocked up because of the 4th of July. Uh, that's okay because it's America. Yeah. America. Speaking of America, we've got Deadpool number 57, part three of the Deadpool Reborn arc. Pacepot Pete has come to take down Deadpool. I, I like Daniel Way's Deadpool because he's crazy, but he's not stupid. And that's the way, you know, we're seeing more of Deadpool of late, whether it's in uh, Uncanny X-Force or here in Deadpool. You get that he's just super bonkers, but he has some clever moments, and he does some fun stuff. He turns the tables where he needs to here, and eventually he figures out, he gets back to Taskmaster, and they have their uh, back and forth, and they both know where they stand at the end there's a crazy reveal and ben i don't know this character who's on the last page i wasn't oh, really? familiar i don't want to say yeah, yeah, yeah. on the podcast okay. but we'll talk after yeah was you're that... actually going to get a kick out of it because cool. it's, it's something believe it or not that is he you... an external no but um, it's something that you and i personally uh we share a bond over awesome so you'll be very interested to learn who it is cool yeah another great deadpool issue looking forward to seeing where it goes over in Hulk number 55, we've got part three of Mayan Rule, written by Jeff Parker, art by Dale Eaglesham, and I really want to praise the colorist, Val Staples, who did kind of a tutorial on Marvel.com not too long ago. Hopefully we'll get him back to do some more of those. He did a, uh, a live stream where he showed exactly how he colors the book, but his colors just pop like few others, and on top of Eaglesham's art, that's just brilliant stuff. From the story by Parker, we've got the Mayan gods, come back they're using hulks to power their comeback which is a very interesting scenario so basically every hulk they capture they've already captured two she hulks they get a bomb in this issue they can bring back more of their brethren red hulk's trying to shut this all down he's trying to save the world and he's also got to run counterpoint to the avengers now who want to come and get involved and he's trying to say no the more superpowered individuals get involved here the more mayan gods are going to come back and give us a problem Great designs from Dale Eaglesham as far as these Mayan gods. They look crazy. They just look like nothing I've really seen. Just like wild and out of control. And also some really sweet moments here between General Ross, Red Hulk, and Annie, the LMD. And it's kind of cool to see that progression yeah. that she references from the very beginning of Jeff Parker's run over 25 issues ago where he was like, I'm just a machine, leave me alone. Now he's really starting to care for her. And it really gives that nice sense of this is all part of a larger tapestry. So very cool in uh, Hulk number 55. Yes. Here we've got a really cool one. It's The Infernal Man-Thing number one. It's written by Steve Gerber with art by Kevin Nolan and letters by Todd Klein. The interesting thing about this is this book is probably about almost 30 years in the making. There's a great introduction in the on the first page where Ralph Macchio, you know, longtime editor at Marvel Comics, explains that Steve Gerber, who had done Man-Thing comics back in the day, had gone away from Marvel, and they brought him back in the 80s to do a bunch of projects, one of them being a Man-Thing story. And he wanted to do it with Kevin Nolan. Kevin Nolan, being an amazing artist, wanted to paint every single page, which is cool, but they explained that every page took a week to paint. And it just didn't work out. They couldn't get the book together in time to put it out in, a, in any sort of timely manner. Fast forward a bunch of years, 
Steve Gerber has unfortunately passed on. The book has kept going. The scripts were done. It's a matter of finishing the art and, and getting it out there. So this book lives as a, a testament to this you know unpublished story that Gerber and Nolan did, and it's, it's all coming together now. So it's really cool. It's actually a sequel to an old man thing story. You get that original first part in here with the new story, but it's gorgeous, 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 gorgeous art. Well worth the wait. Really cool story. Very, very trippy. It's going to take me probably another read to fully get it and, and know what they're doing with it once I read every issue. But it's really cool. It's It's got this... The Man-Thing in here looks very different from the Man-Thing you see in, say, um, Thunderbolts or in other books, but it's very cool. It's got this 70s, 80s, weird, messed up vibe. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think you should pick it up, especially if you liked uh, our suggestion for Amazing Spider-Man. Hooky. What? Hooky. Hooky. Yeah. Uh, which was great, and it was really weird and cool, and it's got that same sort of feel to it. Yes. Really good stuff. Invincible Iron Man number 520 is part five of Long Way Down, the kind of crash and burn Long Way Down saga. <laughs> I'm just disgusted with myself. I am too. It's the long fall of Tony Stark. This has been building for many years. The Mandarin has been targeting him, and finally some bad stuff is starting to happen. Well, it's been happening for quite some time now. In this issue, we get basically two stories running parallel. We've got an attempt on Tony Stark's life by the juiced-up Chemistro and the Mauler, and the new Iron Man's got to swoop in and save the day. New Iron Man, who we still don't have that many details on. We know it's Rhodey, but he hasn't revealed that to the public. Tony Stark knows, but he's acting like he doesn't know. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Very curious to see how that all shakes out. But then on the other side, we've got the insane original Detroit Steel going up against the Hammer Girls, and that's a pretty cool fight. Salvador LaRocca draws the heck out of it. And I really enjoyed Sasha Hammer just going to town and unleashing heck on... You see, I'm really... You said ass before, I, but you said heck now. I said heck twice in this review. She goes to town. She unleashes heck on Detroit Steel. It's an awesome battle. And then we get a twist at the end with something that's going on with Tony Stark and the Mandarin. This whole thing by Matt Fraction is being this big, sprawling story with all these tendrils going in all these different directions. Invincible Iron Man, it's, to be fair, it's not really a book you can just pick up one issue and kind of dive into. It's a whole huge story arc. And for those of us who have been following it, this is really enjoyable to see it all start to pay off and to keep spiraling off. If you haven't been reading it, man, you got to start Matt Fraction's Invincible Iron Man from the beginning. It's really a big long-form story that you're going to enjoy start to finish and as we wind down starting to appreciate it more and more yep punisher number 13 at this week by greg rucka with art by miko swyan colors by matt hollingsworth the exchange if you're not up on punisher is this criminal organization comprised of former members of other criminal organizations you know like henchmen and low-level people who have come together with you know, tech and knowledge and things that they can put to their own uses. And in this, there's an auction going on with some instruments of destruction Good. that, well played. Uh, well played. yes, that they're going to sell. And they have a bunch of bidders and seedy underworld types are coming to get all this stuff. Punisher and Rachel Cole Alves, Lady Punisher or whatever you want to refer to her as, they're 
on the boat. They have a very specific mission. They're there to get one thing, which you find out at the very end of the issue. I won't tell you. But along the way, they encounter some resistance and some cool stuff. There's a very emotional point for Rachel Cole Alves and Punisher. is He's laser-focused, and it's interesting to watch their dynamic throughout the issue. I can't say enough good things about this book. It's really terrific. I hope everybody's reading it, especially, um, you know, it's 13 issues. You can pick up a lot of those, and I think probably a trade is already out. Get them all. It's, it's so good. I don't think I've ever seen, or I can't remember the last time Miko Swan was on Interiors. Mm-hmm. He's usually a cover guy. I feel like he might have done Moon Knight yeah, way was, back he when. he did Moon Knight. That was the last time I ever seen him on Interiors. He's really stepped up his game even since yeah. then. And it's a very moody, very dark issue, but he does a nice job of giving it a realistic feel, which, of course, a book like Punisher requires. So that's yep. a good-looking book. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 12. It's appropriate this is the end of kind of the first year's worth of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man stories because this is a big turning point in the life of Miles Morales. Over this entire year, he has been dealing with becoming Spider-Man, with getting his powers, all this other stuff, but mainly he's been dealing with his Uncle Aaron. Not a nice guy. The Prowler has been trying to exploit Miles. Miles has been trying to deal with how he's going to face his uncle. This is someone he looked up to. Now he's starting to realize who he is. He's trying to blackmail him, saying he's going to tell his parents that he's Spider-Man, which would not be good for him. His uh, dad is very distrusting mutants and stuff like that. Miles almost goes to the point of telling his parents himself, but instead he decides he needs to face his uncle head on. What results is both a great fight, but also just a huge emotional payoff. As far as, I actually cheered, like, Miles finally stepping up and getting in his uncle's face. And he's just been such a trying to find himself character that seeing him really get some footing here and really state his case was cool. It was inspirational. It's neat. And then the price he ends up paying, you feel it. It's a very gut-wrenching comic. It takes you high with that big moment for Miles and then also hits you low as far as some of the stuff he's got to suffer through. David Marquez is just killing it on art with Justin Ponser's colors. David Marquez is the next big break. I don't, he just here. like came from heaven to give us comics. <laughs> he had a big act to follow replacing Sarah Pacelli on this book, and I really think he's just stepped up huge. It's so... His stuff just looks so beautiful. It looks so lush. And this is just a really solid great comic in a line of them this series has been fantastic this one really puts an exclamation mark on the first year and gets me excited to see what comes next uncanny x-men number 15 is another avx tie-in in this issue it's written by karen gillen and art by daniel cunha really cool stuff so much going on in this particular issue we talk about uncanny x-men all the time and how great it is got kate kildare who's dealing with uh, the fact that What's her purpose as their PR person now that the Phoenix Five can sort of do anything and get their message out there very easily? You've got Utopia and the rest of the Extinction team sort of almost now on the outside looking in on what the Phoenix Five are building and what they're doing. You've got cool little things with Unit, who is, you know, constantly throughout. I love that art there. Yeah, there's Unit and Danger. There's a, a panel there that's very cool. A lot of stuff there that you know is going to come back to haunt the Uncanny X-Men or whomever. You've got great stuff with Colossus dealing with the Juggernaut power. And finally, the real meat of the issue and the push going forward is the Phoenix Five, 
are now setting their sights on Sinister. And as we saw last issue, Sinister has his own society, which is all made up of himself. And it's really cool. So now it's going to be Sinister versus the Phoenix Five. And yeah, yeah that sounds like it's uh, no big deal. They'll just go like that and Sinister's done. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's very cool. I, one of the things I love about the tie-ins, be it in Uncanny X-Men, X-Men Legacy, Avengers, Avengers Academy, across the board, is Avengers X-Men is such a big story that we get little morsels in the main series, so it's nice to see stuff get expanded on in the other series. And really, one of the things we haven't seen expanded on yet is how has the Phoenix Force changed the Phoenix Five? How are they different now? And this is the issue we really get to see them interacting with each other, interacting with the other X-Men, yeah. dealing with their own issues, but as these new characters. And that's a very cool story in and of itself. Wolverine number 310. First of all, to clarify, you did not miss Wolverine number 309. You shipped out of order on purpose. Blow your mind, dude. Jazzing things up a little bit. So the first part of Sabretooth Reborn by Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianche shipped before... Wolverine number 309. Wolverine number 309 will be coming out soon, and you'll be able to complete your collection. But we're so excited to get out the first part of Sabretooth Reborn that we just rushed it out the door. And this is the sequel to Loeb and Bianchi's evolution arc from a few years back, where they killed Sabretooth. Sabretooth is obviously back. He is targeting Cloak and Dagger, specifically, because he gets Romulus back. So this is playing a lot of threads from... Daniel Way's Wolverine Origins yeah. run. Rami was in the Dark Force dimension. He was. He didn't like it, as he makes clear on this issue. Very few people would. I mean, Cloak hangs out there all the time. Yeah. And he's a well-balanced dude. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But anyways, we get Wolverine. He realizes that Romulus is back and that Sabretooth is back, and he goes crazy. He thought he had put all this stuff in the past. He has to deal with it. Teams with Cloak to go after both and find some very unusual stuff, some very surprising stuff, encounters a new character who's going to be a very big deal, and eventually makes his way back to the Weapon X Labs, where there are more secrets yet to be revealed. It's a big story. This is something Loeb and Bianchi have been planning literally for years, and the art is, as always, gorgeous with Bianchi. Oh, yeah. You know, doesn't look like anything else you're going to see. I know I say that a lot, and that's the beauty of working at Marvel, where we've got so many unique artists, but Tony Bianchi and his washes are completely different and he's trying some new styles here you get a good fight here with Wolverine and Romulus and you get a lot of tense secrets revealed and stuff like that so this is going to be a very interesting arc Wolverine Sabretooth fans stay tuned and then finally this week we've got X-Factor number 239 by Peter David and Paul Davidson bit of a standalone issue here we've got Siren she's not Siren anymore she's Banshee I still call her Siren well, you know what? You gotta stop. No, I was wrong. With Give me. her her just desserts. Especially because this whole story revolves around her being called Banshee. Her and Havoc have gone to investigate a series of murders that they thought might, some certain parties thought might be attributed to Banshee. She instead encounters a real life Banshee and deals with some of her personal issues along the way. Back at X Factor headquarters, we got a really cool scene with Strong Guy and M as that moves forward. But really, the focus here is on Banshee, who's been one of my favorite characters since back in her X-Force days, back in the 90s, when she was called Siren. Mm, and mm. as I sometimes mispronounce it, Siren. And it's nice to see Havoc and her interacting. They're two characters I haven't really gotten together with. So this is your usual witty, adventurous, fantastic issue of X-Factor, and that closes out our week in new print comics. Comics. As far as my Twin of the Week, 
Avengers vs. X-Men was incredibly strong. Yeah. I really liked Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, too, though. Uh, I liked them both in very different ways. Avengers vs. X-Men is just a big blowout blockbuster thing. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man is kind of a quieter, more personal I wouldn't say thing. quiet. No, they had a huge personal. fight, but think about it. It's contained to two people. Avengers vs. Yeah. X-Men has a cast of thousands. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man is more personal issue. So both of those are my tone of the week in very different ways. Yes. I would agree 100%. The end. Classic. Yeah. Garrus, what are you looking forward to, man? I agree as well. Yeah? But I'm going to... Take the easy way out? I'm going to say Uncanny X-Men as well. Are you excited for part two of Amazing Spider-Man? Because you liked that issue a lot yeah, last this week. Is a, yeah. They're all good. <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> hey, com- Garrus. Comics. How about you, Chanza? I'm going to go Amazing Spider-Man and Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Okay. Only because I've been waiting so long for what happened in Ultimate Comics Spider-Man this issue. Mm-hmm. Just like... Miles has actually finally had to make a decision regarding his uncle, and it's going to have an effect on him for a while. Right. There's a lot of parallels between you and Blake and uh, Miles and his uncle. You're starting to realize what kind of guy Blake is. Yep. You are his uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Blake flipping the script. Did it. Good job. So proud of you. All right. Hey, we got some collections on sale this week, too. Since it's Monday when we're recording this, uh, we had no Max Beckman to. You failed us, Max. So I had to go and seek these out myself. It was a very arduous process, but I'm happy to report that you did it. I was able to find out what's coming out this week. (sighs) And that is Avengers Assemble Volume Four Trade Paperback, not to be confused with the current Brian Michael Bendis Mark Bagley series collection of the Kurt Busiek run on Avengers. Avengers West Coast Zodiac Attack, which sounds awesome, is out in hardcover. Halo, Fall of Reach, Invasion, also out in hardcover. Hulk, Heart of the Atom, trade paperback. Punisher by Rick Remender, omnibus hardcover. Secret Warriors, omnibus hardcover. Spider-Man, Return of the Burglar, hardcover. And X-Men, Beauty and the Beast, hardcover. So a lot of stuff there. It's a lot of interesting stuff. I'm going to go with... I'm going to say Secret Warriors, omnibus. Way to sneak in there, man. Yeah. You, you worried I was going to take yeah. that? I'm not going to. <laughs> all right. It's not even mine. I was going to say Punisher by Rick Remender on the bus. Cool. It's got all the Frankencastle stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's no, it's great. Hood battle stuff. I think that's mine. That's the one. Although I'm very interested to read Hulk Heart of the Atom because that's the old Harlan Ellison stuff from the old, old oh. days. I've never read that, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. He's a guy. I'm sure he'd be honored to hear that. I know. I've never read any of his stuff. So I have no point of reference. We've also got books out on the app, not just all the comics we listed, but also Daredevil Noir, number one through four. I oh, tried I wasn't to throw paying, it to you. I wasn't paying any it's attention cool. to you. No, it's good, man. I got it. We got Daredevil Noir, number one through four. Deadpool Team Up, number 893 through 889, because it goes backwards. The original Exiles series. So issues good. number 12 through 19. So very, good. Very good stuff. Get that. The first four issues of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. And Invincible Iron Man, number 503 through number 509. Very good. More digital stuff. Let's look at digital collections released on the app this week. You guys, Spider-Man movies out this week? Yeah. Which means lots of Spider-Man collections. Got some Spider-Man stuff. We've got five volumes of The Gauntlet. Oof. Electro and Sandman, Rhino and Mysterio, Vulture and Morbius, Juggernaut and Lizard. Juggernaut and Lizard each get their own. Yeah. The other guys have to share. Yes. And uh, in addition to that, we have Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 10, Hollywood. That was a good one. That was when... Is that Geldof? No. 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 This is when they were making the Spider-Man movie with Doc Ock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but where did Geldof show up? 
I mean, he was around somewhere. He showed up before that when the X-Men, like, crossed over. Mm. Mm. Uh, the only reason I know Hollywood is that was, that was when I started collecting comics again. Hollywood's, oh, cool. I think, the second issue of that is when I jumped in. Nice. Little personal background on Anthony. Yeah, more than any of us cared to know. Oh, <laughs> ha! Of course, the Marvel Comics app, which is where you can get all those digital books, is not the only place online you can get your comics fixed. You can also go to Marvel Comics Unlimited, which is located on Marvel.com. And what's fresh as you just had this week, Blake? Captain America and Bucky, number six twenty, through six twenty four. Captain America, America's Avenger. This is weird with Ryan here. No, I just Why? want to see if you can carry like the ball, man. You on. You've been on this great. podcast for like two mo- three yeah, months now. It's weird now. doing new stuff with you here. You're doing great. Doing just what keep stuff? New. All right. Captain America, America's Avenger number one. Captain America, First Vengeance number one. Captain America, Rebirth number one. Captain America and Bucky number 625 and 626. Then Captain America, First Vengeance number two and three. Deadpool number 48, 49, and 49.1. What the... What, Anthony? Oh. Ah, thank you. Fantastic Four, The Last Stand, number one. FF, number 13 and 14. And then Doc and Dark Wolverine, number 9.1 and 18. And then Fear Itself, Spider-Man, number one through three. This is the dream team. Kind of all over the place. Two of them going together. We got a lot of Captain America because it's America week. America. America. God bless you. Yeah. So how else can I make you mess up by just being I'm so here? nervous. I'm so nervous. <laughs> See, Anthony had his back, though. They're, team. they're, a team, they're yeah. teamwork. Yeah. The nightmare team. Like the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. We could be the Midnight Express. Exactly. I want to be sweet Stan Lane. Blake is most certainly Robert Gidson. <laughs> Man, five people who listen to this yeah. may get what we just said. <laughs> Neither of them is Ricky Morton, though. <laughs> You'll never be Ricky Morton, guys. We need mullets. That's all we need to say. You as beautiful Bobby, me as sweet Stan. Oh, done. This is done. Anyway, let's get back on yeah, track. Please. Uh, we're going to go over to Strami now, who's going to talk probably extensively about the Amazing Spider-Man and other cool stuff that is available and out this week in video games and movies and TV land and stuff. He does talk extensively. Strami, take it away. Hello there this week in Marvel Lights. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, otherwise known as Strami, sometimes, sometimes known as Strami, coming to you from an overcast Los Angeles after a rather pleasant 4th of July to all of our listeners in the United States. I hope you had a pleasant 4th of July as well and to all our listeners outside of the united states i i still hope your july 4th was pleasant even though you probably didn't you know shoot off fireworks or but hopefully still you, you did something fun for your july 4th so i am here once again as always to tell you about everything marvel movies tv games beginning with what is in theaters on tv etc this week Of course, Amazing Spider-Man came out in theaters in IMAX 3D two days ago, this past Tuesday. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. If you have some free time this weekend, definitely go see it. I'm tempted to make an awful pun and call it amazing, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to point out the fact that I didn't do that and in so doing still be able to use it in a highly ironic way 
fashion, post-modernity, ahoy! Anyway, Amazing Spider-Man came on theaters. Of course, it stars Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Reese Fons, Martin Sheen, Sally Field. It's got a great cast. It's, it's a gorgeous-looking movie. It's the Mark Webb and the cinematographer, whose name I am forgetting at the moment, did a really great job with the 3D. The 3D itself is really integrated. It's really very smooth and it's a really a very immersive experience and of course the movie itself is great fun it sets up a very cool story for peter parker and a peter parker story that i don't think we've really seen before which is sort of him dealing with the disappearance of his parents and of course you know we we know a little bit about his parents and the comics and everything but this is sort of bringing a new layer to it all and yeah i'm just really excited to see where it all goes and i love the movie itself so y'all should go check it out on marvel tv of course we have new episodes of ultimate spider-man and the avengers earth's mightiest heroes this sunday beginning at 11 a.m eastern time inside disney xd no inside marvel universe on disney xd apologies for that first up new ultimate spider-man entitled Strange, in which Spidey teams up with, you guessed it, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange stops on by, Doctor's in the house, Doctor Strange makes a house call, you can, you know, make whatever Doctor and, you know, pun you want to make, but it's a great episode, it's a lot of fun, Doctor Strange gets a cool new redesign for this series, any Strange fans should definitely check it out, and after that, at 11.30am Eastern, we have a new episode of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes entitled Infiltration, in which the Secret Invasion storyline that has sort of been bubbling throughout the first half of this second season comes to the forefront even more. Of course, last week we saw Cap breaking free from the Skrulls. This week, things get even more crazy with even more Avengers Skrull punchy action all leading into next week's big conclusion to the storyline. So check that out. And with that, I will bid you adieu, and I will return momentarily for more on movies, TV, and games news. How about that weather out there, huh, guys? Woo! Woo! Uh, it's a barn burner. We are in the throes of a heat wave here so in New York City. It's freaking hot. It's awful. I just get so angry I know. all the time. I put together my patio furniture this week that I just got, and I tried to sit out on my deck, and it was just like, oh, this is terrible. Why would it's you so even? Beautiful. It's so beautiful out, and it's so painful to be here. Ugh. But like, I felt like I built this stuff, so I had to justify it by sitting out there for an hour. Horrible mistake. Disgusting. Horrible mistake. You're a, you're a horrible person. I feel terrible. Yeah, so let's go over now to the news. Ben, start us off with some news for this week. All right, we're going to kick things off a little bit of comic news. First up. The biggest news hitting this week. The biggest news hitting in a long time. Marvel Now. That's Marvel, capital N, capital O, capital W, exclamation point. It's a huge deal. We've been teasing this for a long time, and we are just starting to release information on it. There is a great interview I did with Joe Quesada, Tom Brevoort, and Axel Alonso up on Marvel.com right now. But just to give you guys the quick rundown of the facts, Marvel Now is a big new publishing initiative we're running it begins in october it runs all the way through 
February of 2013, we are going to be relaunching a bunch of different series, new creators on new characters, on, with new costumes, new looks. The books are going to look different. Everything's going to be new. We can't say everything right now, but basically there's going to be a very new feel to the Marvel Universe. It is not a reboot. We are not rebooting our continuity. We are just on the heels of Avengers vs. X-Men, taking advantage of the fact that there's going to be a big ending there, and we're just setting up a bunch of new status quos, a bunch of new situations. We know a lot of the details, and they're going to be spilling out in the weeks and months to come, but I think you guys are going to be really excited. I know you guys are going to be really excited. Here's what I can tell you now. It all begins in October with Uncanny Avengers Number 1, written by Rick Remender, drawn by John Cassidy. This is an all-new team book, first time ever, The X-Men and The Avengers. They're on the same side. They're facing off against the returned Red Skull. Again, it spins out Avengers vs. X-Men. Not going to tell you the ending, but as a result, some X-Men and some Avengers have banded together on their own team. You're going to see Captain America. You're going to see Wolverine, Thor. You're also going to see Scarlet Witch, Rogue, Havoc, and even more to come. So a lot of big surprises. That's going to be kind of our flagship book moving forward. Also, once we get into November... Have all new X Men number one by Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Eminen. That is going to bring the original X Men, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Angel, Beast. They are coming to the present day Marvel Universe. This is the original team as teenagers. What's going on there? Can't really tell you. It's going to be crazy and it's going to have big ramifications on everything X Men. Also in November, we've got Avengers relaunching by Jonathan Hickman with art by Jerome Pena. It's going to be bi-weekly. It's going to be a ton of other artists kicking in. If you know Jonathan Hickman, you know his plans are going to be huge. It's going to be a massive roster. We've already said there's going to be at least 18 characters on the team. And then in December, Jonathan Hickman is also going to be working on New Avengers. He's relaunching that with Steve Epting. We've got all sorts of digital stuff going on. We're going to have a lot more augmented reality, which you guys have loved. We're going to have digital codes on every book and Again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to have a lot more news on Marvel.com. We're going to have it come out of San Diego at Marvel Live. We're going to have more and more creators announced, more and more books announced, more details, a lot of stuff on how the cover treatment's going to be very different. Joe Quesada talks a little bit about that in our interview. But different stuff. If you're a new fan, if you are an old fan, this is going to be a really exciting time to be part of the Marvel Universe. So more to come on that. Hey, we're getting ready for San Diego Comic-Con International, and one of the first things we're going to talk about there that we teased out last week is Punisher Warzone. Can't say what it is, can't say who's doing it, all we can say is that it's coming in October 2012, we'll talk more about it at the Spider-Man panel at San Diego Comic-Con, and it has something to do with the Punisher and the Avengers. And of course, all throughout this week and going into next, we'll be releasing more teasers, for San Diego Comic-Con, as well as schedules, as well as all the ways you can check it out. And, you know, we're going to be all over that mofo. We're going to be everywhere at San Diego Comic-Con, so get excited. We also announced that there will be a Marvel Universe versus the Avengers Limited series by Jonathan Mayberry and Leandro Fernandez. That is the follow-up to Marvel Universe versus Wolverine, which is the follow-up to Marvel Universe versus The Punisher. So another chapter in this crazy post-apocalyptic world that... John Mayberry and friends are creating. And I had the great pleasure last week of speaking with Neil Adams about First X-Men. Got a lot of insight into his early X-Men run and all the stuff he got out of that, as well as what's coming up in First X-Men. We did not discuss 
Hobo Submariner. Oh, come on. Which I... Missed opportunities, Benjamin. I hold that against myself. It's still a really good interview despite that, I promise. I don't agree. Yeah. I've not read it. Terrible. (laughs) So I don't know. Let's see. Blake, what do you got for us? Lots of more Comic-Con news. Lots of more? toys, which is way cooler than anything else. Yeah, man. Way to bury the rest of our products. No, it's great. So, Toys R Us and Hasbro are coming together for this X-Factor Collector's Pack from the 1986 issue of X-Factor number one, which includes Cyclops, Angel, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Mr. Sinister, and Apocalypse. How about Beast? No Beast. No Beast in yeah. an X-Factor Pack? Is this What is this, Marvel Legends? or This oh, is... No, this is, is actual figures. This, this is, is um, Legends? Marvel Universe? I don't think it's a universe. I think it might be Legends. Legends? It doesn't say. Well, as you can see, we've done our research here at This Week in Marvel. <laughs> the four of us between us think it may be Marvel Legends. I was in meetings all week last week, so it's one of you should have this information. It's really cool. I mean, <laughs> toys, <laughs> toys is Blake's section, so I think we know who this falls on. But yeah, That's the kind of information I would like to know. Yeah. <laughs> There's more. So, also Hasbro is releasing more Comic-Con stuff. There's a S.H.I.E.L.D. Super Helicarrier, which is Marvel Universe. Which is actually... Hold on, hold oh, on, no. hold on. Oh, no. It's our favorite part of the oh, show. Here. It's the Nick Lowe drop-in segment. What are you pesky kids doing? Oh, uh, Uncle Nick, we're, we're recording a podcast. Who told you you had permission to do that? I mean, we don't usually ask permission. I've talked to your mother about this. Oh, okay. As usual. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Nick. Hey, what's up, guys? Why don't you tell the listeners about the great AVX podcast we're going to have out later this week? Oh, it is. We haven't even recorded it yet, but I'm so excited. I'm going to sit on one of these because I'm always intrigued by how wacky you you guys come out of it. It's so much fun. You should come sit on. What I will say is that I I would love to say that it's going to be amazing, but all I can say is. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> catchphrase. That's Nick- a catchphrase for anyone who doesn't listen to those. Like, you, you'd be laughing so hard do you if think, you only listen to those Do you think Tom Brevoort's going to drop any more obscure one-season 1980s TV references? He probably will. Yeah. He probably will. Virtually I mean, you've got to remember just how ancient that dude is. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he isn't referencing, like, silent movie franchises that, that like, none of us have ever heard of. That's you true. Know? He may. Point. We just don't know. It's early. That's a good point. We were just talking about Infernal Man thing where we had the foreword from Ralph Macchio. I remember that Tom, I believe, was only a senior editor at that point when they started it back in the 80s. So he really shepherded a lot of it. Yeah, Yeah, Tom was already 45, but he was still an assistant editor at that point, I believe. I forget Um, sometimes. But it's it's, it's so true. He's not even going to hear this to know that you're burying him so much. That's almost the best part. Him (laughs) hearing it would be even better, but almost the best part. So anyway, I've done enough to help hold this podcast up. The ratings yeah. just went it's, up by it's, dozens. I'm sure. I'm How's your sure. Monday going that you came in here to talk to us? It's just been fantastic. Good. It's just good. been fantastic. Terrific. Just living the dream at the House of Ideas. What yeah. do I say? I tell Wolverine what to do this morning. Yeah. Tell Cyclops to shape up or ship out, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know. The usual. You're going to Comic-Con, right? I will be. I will be there. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, you guys we'll have see. a good time. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll Thanks, see just Nick. how amazing it is. Bye, Nick. Uh, Bye. Best part of the show. Yeah. Uh, best part of the show is before when he Nick drops in. jumped in, you were talking about the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, super carrier. Who even cares but anymore? No. No, I do. I do. I, I got home on Friday, and one of those was waiting for me. What? And awesome. if you stand it on its side, it's about five feet tall, uh, which means it's about 
four feet tall when you take it out of the bigger where, box. Where are you going to put that? Right now, it's in a back corner of my house because I don't have anywhere big enough to showcase it. But someday I will, and it is freaking awesome. Well, Ryan, let me tell you what to expect when you open that. <laughs> you will receive a Captain America and Maria Hill figure inside that box. So just a Captain America and Maria Hill figure, or are they two separate three, figures? Three points. <laughs> They're molded together. <laughs> they are not molded together. No. So it's two figures. But yeah, you get a Captain America and a Maria Hill figure with the uh, Super Helicarrier. The artwork on the box is commissioned by Joe Casada. Oh yeah, the art is really so, cool. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Cap and Iron Man battling the Masters of Evil cool. uh, on the back. It's really it's terrific. Wait, Dynamite jump in there, Anthony. Sorry. No, Wait. Ryan didn't know what he was saying. It's yeah, I had no build, idea how to speak. You, it's good that you bailed him out. That was a good, good segue until Anthony into ruined it. Speaking of the Masters <laughs> of Evil... <laughs> The Marvel Universe 3.75-inch line is releasing a three-pack at Comic-Con with Baron Zemo, Radioactive Man, and Tiger Shark. So you can battle the Cap and Maria Hill figure you get with your shield, Helicarrier. So... Back to you guys. <laughs> is that you good? Well, there's also the Marvel Legends line, but we already talked about that last week. The uh, Uncanny X-Force Collector's Pack. Oh, yeah, that looks really cool. That's really good, man. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, anything to add? Just that uh, Archangel looks cool because it's from his costume from the Dark Angel Saga. Cool. Very great, guys. Let's kick it over to Stromy right now. Get us out of here. Stromy, help us. Welcome back this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom coming at you once more with Marvel movies, TV, and games news. And we've actually got a lot of news this week looking over everything. Beginning with, we revealed a new piece of Iron Man 3 concept art by Ryan Minerding, who is a member of our visual development department. He's been involved in... All of the Iron Man movies so far, he was involved in Captain America, he's involved in the Avengers, he's one of really the key people involved in designing the look and feel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he does this really astonishing piece of Tony Stark being cornered by a bunch of men with rather large, frightening-looking guns, and uh, he's gonna put the... Iron Man armor on real quick. Can't really say much about it other than that. Other than it's a great piece. You can check it out right now at marvel.com. And moving from Iron Man onto Amazing Spider-Man, of course, we had some new clips, some new photos, a new featurette. Today, we'll have a piece looking at the history of Richard and Mary Parker, Peter's parents, going up on marvel.com of course the history in the comics sort of looking at some of the source material that the movie drew on in their imagining of the characters we spoke with the vp of development for marvel studios tom cohen who was also involved in the amazing spider-man film ryan and i spoke with him for this week in marvel you can go and download that podcast still it is i believe episode number 35.5 and hear what he has to say about working on amazing spider-man bringing amazing spider-man to the screen yeah and sort of where it's all headed and what's next 
Other than that, we had some more Marvel movie news in that we officially announced the next Marvel one-shot, Item 47, which will be on the Marvel's The Avengers Blu-ray on September 25th. Item 47 is a 12-minute long short film revolving around two characters, Benny and Claire, who discover one of the alien guns that the Chitauri used in the final sequence of Marvel's The Avengers. They figure out how to work the gun, and they get up to some no-good shenanigans. But this Marvel one-shot, and uh, as you may remember, we produced two other Marvel one-shots, The Consultant and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way of Thor's Hammer that appeared on the Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger Blu-rays independently. This is our third one. Uh, it's our most ambitious one, I think. I've seen it. It's a lot of fun. It stars Lizzie Kaplan, Jesse Bradford, Max Hernandez, who has been in a number of Marvel movies, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies already, and was also in Marvel One-Shot, The Consultant. Max plays Agent Sitwell, as well as uh, Titus Welliver. Titus Welliver will be playing another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in this the movie, the short film actually, was directed by Luis Despacito, who is the co-president of Marvel Studios, and was written by Eric Pearson, who some of you may recognize as the writer of the previous two Marvel one-shots, as well as the co-writer with Chris Yost of the Marvel's The Avengers prelude comic, Fury's Big Week. He's a terrific guy, a terrific writer, uh, and... Yeah, that's all the info we have on that. It'll be on the Blu-ray. There will be a special screening of it at San Diego Comic-Con, which we will be bringing you more info about probably next week, I'd expect. But you can head to marvel.com right now, check out the first still from the short. The still features Lizzie Kaplan wielding Item 47, the gun in question that they managed to steal from the Chitari. And yeah, that's pretty much all we can say about that short at this time. So jumping from movies to TV, we announced that at the Marvel TV panel at San Diego Comic-Con, which will be held on Saturday, July 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, we'll be giving you your first look at one of our upcoming animated series, Marvel's Avengers Assemble. As well as we'll be giving you some more info or some updates on Hulk and the Agents of Smash, which is another upcoming animated series. We'll be debuting a new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man that has yet to air, featuring Spider-Ham. Yes, that's right, Spider-Ham. Peter Parker gets transformed into Peter Parker Spider-Ham for an episode. How? What for? Well, I, you know... Don't want to spoil it too much, but it's a very, very amusing episode, and I think you'll really dig it. Uh, we'll have a clip from it, actually, tomorrow, I believe, Friday. So you can check that out on Marvel.com. 
and jumping from TVA Games, we had even more San Diego announcements in that Marvel Heroes, our upcoming MMO, announced that for the first time, we will have a playable demo of Marvel Heroes on the floor of San Diego Comic-Con at the Marvel booth. You can come by and play through a sequence set in Mutant Town, where you have to face off against Magneto to rescue William Stryker from his clutches. And Marvel Heroes will also be having a special scavenger hunt at San Diego Comic-Con revolving around the Tablet of Time and Life, or the, the Tablet of Life and Time tablet. I get the two mixed up. But you can find out more details about that at marvelheroes.com backslash contest backslash SDCC 2012. So head there for more info. It will run from July 12th through the 15th at San Diego Comic-Con, and you can win some very cool prizes and swag there. Uh, with all this, we also released a new development diary for Marvel Heroes that you can check out on marvel.com. It should be going up sometime this afternoon. I'll be working on getting it up right after I send this podcast bit off to our wonderful Blake Garris. And even more games, we also announced Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, which is coming to Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network this September. Marvel vs. Capcom Origins is a bundle of Marvel Heroes and the first Marvel vs. Capcom. Of course, Marvel Heroes was the first Marvel fighting game that Capcom did. I have very fond memories of playing it on my PlayStation when I was a Wii-in. It is the game in which you face off against Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet, so it's awesome. And, of course, anybody looking for more Thanos after Marvel's The Avengers might want to check this out. It's a lot of fun. First Marvel vs. Capcom as well. A lot of fun. And yeah, we'll be bringing you more details on that in you know the future weeks. But if you go to marvel.com this afternoon, we'll have the trailer for the game. We'll have screenshots. We'll have we'll just have more more info for you. And yeah, I'll also be working on this right working on getting that up right after I send this off to again the wonderful Blake Garris, who I can't say enough wonderful things about. In fact, I just want to call him Wonderful Garris or Wonderful Wonderful. In fact, I'm changing his name, his full first, middle, and last name to Wonderful, Wonderful, Wonderful. That's just his name from now on. And this is my way of apologizing for getting him these bits a little late this week. So sorry about that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But I promise to do better in the future. And I think that pretty much covers everything for this week. Of course, next week is San Diego Comic-Con, so I'm not sure what the plan is for this week in Marvel next week. If we'll be releasing an episode or if we'll be releasing a special episode. Who knows? But if I do not speak to you next week, have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful San Diego week. And I will be back the week after for sure in two weeks' time. But as always... This is Marv.com, Mr. Snare Astronomy, signing off. 
and fairly well. Wow, that was some crazy stuff, Strami. I can't Strami. believe what's going on in L.A. and the accents that Strami's using. Oh, you know what? Speaking of L.A., I want to give a special shout-out to tenacious Tim Dillon, oh, yeah. who is no longer with us here at Marvel New York, right. who has made the Hollywood transition to Marvel now L.A. He's t- now he's Tinseltown Tim. Tinseltown Tim. No longer tenacious Tim. Who is now the uh, director of marketing for Marvel Studios, which is great. I remember when I started 2006, one of the places where I sat, Tim was like 10, 15 feet away from me. And so I've, you know, I've worked closely with him for a long time. And I'm very happy and proud of him for uh, making this move. And it's really cool. We saw him off on Friday. And but he didn't. Yeah, no, we well. that doesn't count. Yeah, no, it, it's just, it's great. And if you go to any of our conventions, you'll see Tim. He's always working the booth yeah. and doing cool stuff. And um, yeah. So we, we miss him here in New York, but if you want, give him a shout-out on uh, Twitter at, at Tim Dillon. Let him know uh, you want to know more movie stuff, and he or won't tell you anything. if you're going to San Diego, make sure to stop by the booth and say hey and say congratulations on his new job. Yeah, totally. Really appreciate that. Yep. Now it's time to jump into questions and comments. I wasn't here last week. You guys have some extra stuff that you were holding for me to well, go we over? Had, we had people retweet their... Uh, questions because we thought you would enjoy them so we we didn't want to answer them without you great great uh we'll just jump right into them again if you want to this first one though i don't know where this came (laughs) from if you want to uh send questions or comments about the podcast or just about marvel you use the hashtag this week in marvel uh or you could also tweet to at agent underscore m at ben j morse at blake garris and at stromy and then we'll get to them on a future podcast so this first one from at Cassius335, we have a note in here that says, he put through one of those links to have more than 160 characters. That's Anthony's work, because <laughs> you, Anthony explains when we have extra long tweets. I think you actually have 140 characters in Twitter, yeah. so he went well Ooh, above. Strike one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, You haven't yawned on the podcast yet, so I didn't know. So Cassius335 tweets, I think I just committed sacrilege, was listening... To Twim35, when the who is your favorite Captain Marvel question popped up, I immediately remarked some character from another company. Sorry, guys, I have zero connection to any of the Marvels, so the other character gets my vote pretty much by default. Yeah, sacrilege. Sounds about right. Uh, Ten Twim demerits for Mr. At Cassius335. Another ten for me. Boom. Uh, And then he says, P.S. With Scarlet Witch showing up in Avengers Alliance, I find myself wondering what Quicksilver is going to look like whenever he gets added in. Infiltrator with a lot of extra turn powers, maybe? You know, you never know. I don't know that he is on the slate. I've seen a bunch Mm -hmm. of characters who will be added to the game. There's a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be doing with uh, Marvel XP and Avengers Alliance in the coming months. I feel like if you had Quicksilver in, though, since there are already some characters who can access the extra turn thing, he'd literally have to have, like, five turns. It's mm. the only way you could do him justice. Yeah. So he just gets like five turns at once. Why not? All right, so that was that. At B Malin 87 tweets. Yeah, here are some of the ones we saved for you. Cool. Where is Cable during AVX? He's alive and le- legacy virus free, right? He cares more about this outcome than anyone. Well, we're going to find out. Can't really say what I actually he's... think we answered this last week. I don't know why this is on again. <laughs> Great. Good job, guys. So we'll leave it at that. But, but yeah, yeah you'll said, get some cable. We said you'll, you'll get some cable. We've been yeah. talking a lot about it on the, uh, the ADX podcast. Yeah, we've been looking at some Interestingly things. enough, the very next tweet from bmallon87 says, Just listened to This Week in Marvel Podcast. It was great. Thanks for answering my Cable and Colossus questions, including the cable question, which you just asked again. 
So there it is. Whoever put this together is doing a bang up job. At Brad the YM tweets, wait guys, you set up the elimination chamber match but didn't declare a winner. Who wins? Who wins if there are no powers? Did we de- I forget who we put in the elimination chamber match. Oh man. You didn't. You said you wanted to save it for next week. Well, apparently, Anthony, we set it up at some point in the past. We did. I remember us calling, talking about yeah, it. Unless you're calling him a liar. No, there was a follow-up elimination chamber match. Brad, I'm sorry to do this to you for the second week in a row. But can you please retweet next week who we had in the original Elimination Chamber match, and we will pick a winner from them. Exciting. Yeah. All right. At the Brad the YM tweets, who is in and wins a girl-only Elimination Chamber match? Two winners, one with powers, one without. All right. If you're going to do a female Elimination Chamber match, I want to see Elektra. Mm. Black Widow. Mm. Psylocke. Mm. Because all, like, kind of ninja fighty types. Ninja fighty types, right? You right. need you need someone who's who's powerful, so maybe She Hulk. Sure. No, that's not good. Yeah, at all. no. She's uh, too, yeah. Hope. Yeah. Hope. Why not? Yeah, she's scrappy. she's a badass. She's scrappy. I like that. Yeah. Finally, you need some sort of mockingbird. Yeah, mockingbird. Why not? Good call. All right. All right. So if they can use their powers, She Hulk wins. Sure. I think. If you can't use your powers, I'm gonna play off what you said. I, I think Hope would pull it out. Because she's had to deal with a lot worse. Yeah. Well, it could really go anywhere with no powers. Black Widow. You know, I, I would I would give it to Black Widow probably. Maybe Black Widow. But I think Hope could pull out the surprise win. Yeah. She reminds me of, of AJ, who we had from a few weeks ago in here. Yes. She's small, but she, you know, can pull it out. Yes. And then last one from at Brad the YM. My wife has not seen Avengers movie or The Amazing Spider-Man. Which movie should I take her to first? FYI, we will see both. Double feature. Yeah, double feature. I liked uh, Amazing Spider-Man, but I I liked Avengers a lot more than any other movie I've seen this year. I concur. So maybe go see Amazing Spider-Man first and then go see The Avengers. So you go from a good movie to an incredible movie. It's true, because you'd be tired. What? You'd be tired. You just saw a two and a half hour movie. You want to go and well, see They're not going to go at the same time. I think they should. They should. I think they should do a double feature. Yes. What do you think, Blake? All disdainful over there in your corner. Go see both. <laughs> All right. We got Immortal Thor 99 swinging in. I'd like to see you guys talk to Walt Simonson now that he's back where he belongs at Marvel. I'd like to talk to Walt. I love Walt Simonson. He's such a sweetheart of a guy. I remember, it wasn't me, but someone we used to work with got stuck um, in an airport with him and Louise Simonson for really? a while. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but just said it was like, you know, it's terrible whenever you get stuck in an airport, but they made it so great because they're so nice and they're so interesting. I, we had him on a press call not too long ago. He was great on that. So, I, you know, I'd love to talk to him for an interview. I'd love to get him on here. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If you watch Thor, you can catch him as a little cameo with Ralph yeah. Macchio. And Louise Simonson. And Louise. in there, too. Cool. MortalThor99 also says, just notice something. Stromy doesn't appear to pronounce the D in Spider-Man. It comes out like Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's true. It's 100% it's, true. You're right. Done. Stromy has a lot of linguistic eccentricities, but that's part of what makes him Stromy and part of why we love him. Yeah. MortalThor99, symbiotic tendrils. This is the topic that just keeps on giving. This was covered back when Carnage first appeared. Venom's tendrils maintain cohesion separate from him, while Carnage's disintegrate when they are separated. Check out Amazing Spider-Man number 361. I've been saying all along that Venom's tendrils would keep cohesion, so I'm going to chalk this up for one in the win column and one for Blake in the loss column. Is that fair? It worked. All right. 
World Thor 99, something that would be mega cool for the upcoming Avengers 10-disc Blu-ray would be exclusive new covers for each of the movies with the movie character, but in a reproduction of a classic cover like Chris Hemsworth in a recreation of Journey into Mystery number 83, Chris Evans on Captain America 109, Robert Downey Jr. on Tales of Suspense number 39, and Iron Man 1. Those are kind of cool little ideas. I've seen the art that is going into the Phase 1 Avengers 10-disc Blu-ray box set of Doom, and it's really cool. Uh, I won't tell you whether it is or is not what you're talking about, but it's pretty awesome stuff, and you'll see more of that soon. And Especially at a Comic-Con, we've got some cool stuff to show you guys about the set. The Con Man, 1876. Who do you think is the most underrated villain in the Marvel Universe? Underrated. That's a good one. Hmm. I'm going to go with Baron Zemo. I led the Masters of Evil, almost took down the Avengers. He was the one behind the Thunderbolts to begin with, and that conned the entire Marvel Universe. Always kind of on the periphery of doing stuff with Captain America, but gets overshadowed a lot by the Red Skull and even guys like Doctor Doom. But Baron Zemo has actually achieved a lot, and he's a very squirrely character. So I'm going to say Baron Zemo is the most underrated villain in the Marvel Universe. I'm going to go with Sugar Man. Sugar Man is... Because he's awesome. Very underrated. I love Sugar Man. Anthony Chance, I know you got an answer for this one. I would just go with Rhino. I mean, out of the story that came out of uh, Amazing Spider-Man, both with the gauntlet and what happened in Ends of the Earth, you see that there's much more to him than just running around smashing stuff. Very astute, Anthony. Blake, you got an answer here? Toad. He's less of a villain these days, though. He's yeah, hanging out. He's a out. janitor. Yeah, yeah he's, he's trying to do he's... well for himself by helping out the kids at the Jean Grey school. Toad. Sticking to his guns. you got to respect that. I, I think one of the characters who's, I guess, popping up more, though, is Mesmero, if you notice that. Yeah. He was in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. He was in Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. I mean, Age of Apocalypse. But I think I saw him in another comic as well. It's like, he's getting a little bit Mesmero's more. It's kind of cool. I mean, those are powers that are... Tough to beat. You can get anyone to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, those are always tough. Same with Purple Man. He's kind of a variation on Mesmero. Oh, Purple Man. I hate that guy. Jerk. Yeah. Another one from the Con Man, 1876. If Gwen hadn't died, do you think Peter would have married her or married Jane? That's a very good question. I'll let you guys go first. I don't know. I mean, they were teenagers, right? Like... Yeah, the late teens. You never know how that stuff could yeah. go down. Not everybody who might not have married has, either of them. Yeah, never know. I think he fell for Mary Jane after Gwen died, mm. and a lot of stuff happened. But he didn't marry Mary Jane like right away either. No, it was years, years later. later where they really got together. So anything could have happened, and maybe he would have stopped being with Gwen and then gone back to Gwen. You never know. Like so many things could have happened. I tend to think, just from reading those old ones, they were they did seem quite meant for each other. So I think they would have ended up together in the end. But like Ryan said, I think there could have been a lot of steps along the way. And yeah. who knows where paths would diverge. But they did seem kind of very attuned. Especially, I've been reading some of the old Stan Lee, John Romita Sr. issues right now. And clearly, they just have a chemistry. And it's, it's really nice. It's too bad she had to die. It's his fault. Yeah. Anyway. Blake likes that she died. He told uh-huh. me the other week. He says he likes that Gwen Stacy's dead. Wow. I never said that. You said a variation on it. Comes from a dark place. I'm just going to agree with you just so this podcast isn't two hours long. All oh, right. Wow. <laughs> so that's the excuse now. All right. At DJ Bokikio tweets, Amazing books last week. Rachel Gray was my surprise character of the week. She tore it up. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yes. Dan? 
Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> Love Rachel Gray. Rachel Gray is fun. Yeah. At Cordy D tweets, thanks for the shout last week. This week in Marvel, grabbed the first three AVX verses today and read them straight away. They awesome. They are awesome. They awesome indeed. At say underscore Desane son son? Deshaun. Deshaun. Okay. Anyway, tweets, my This Week in Marvel book is Wolverine and the X-Men 12. That was mine. That was mine. You guys disagreed with me. No, Anthony agreed with me. <laughs> Anthony was on my side. Blake was against me. You guys. Jokers. Blake's just going to agree with me because he doesn't want this podcast to be two hours. Yes. At Jedi Lamont tweets, my first comic I collected was Amazing Spider-Man. I loved it, but then my dad stopped buying them. Finally, last week I picked up Amazing Spider-Man again, and damn, it was good. Hopefully going to stick with it for a long time now. Dominic, I think you should. You know, we talk about Amazing Spider-Man a lot because issues come out often. And it's a great book. We love what Dan's done with the title, you know, first as part of the Brain Trust and now as the solo writer. And it's really freaking good. Yeah, that's a great time to read Amazing Spider-Man. These are glory days. Yeah, this is going to go down as one of the greatest runs in Spider-Man history. At Greg Filson tweets... Didn't get Mockingbird Avengers Alliance. Will she be available again? Well, uh, I don't know for sure, but I believe we said it was the language was, you know, Mockingbird will be available for the special ops, and then she would go back into the vault. Hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that she will be back again, but it doesn't mean that she won't. So hopefully you will have a chance to get her again yeah. later down the line. She's still on that screen saying not available, so take that as you will. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure like maybe they would remove that graphic if you would never get a chance. One again. would think. But I, you don't know for sure. I haven't gotten uh, Scarlet a, Witch or I Black mean, Panther yet. Soon. No. It's just my supposition. Yes. At Jman15393 has a duo of interesting tweets here. First one is, I was just leaving church. Fallow up. What is fallow? You meant to say follow. Oh. But I don't know what he's following up. Okay. But then the second one is just all caps. OMG, AVX is amazing. So you know what? All is forgiven. Nice. All is forgiven. At Jman15393, ask a question. How did Colossus get all his hair back? Because Phoenix Pass Colossus has all his hair. Dude, he's got a freaking omnipotent cosmic entity running through his body. If he wants to have hair again... He's got hair. I would hope he'd want an afro yeah. or some jerry curls. He could do that instantly. Or like maybe some, what's that, the dreadlocks? Dreadlocks. Yeah. That's not at all a frivolous use of the phoenix power. I you would know? use it for Whatever. that. Whatever. Dude's out stopping world hunger and whatnot. If he wants to give himself some hair Maybe as well. he'll have a devil lock next issue. Yeah, that would be something. Another one from Jacob Grimlock. How can I get a Hulk? Well... Wow, this Buy is a, this the Marvel a... Legends toy? Yes! Toys. Anthony Chanza, <laughs> that's right. Buy the Marvel Legends toy. Do not throw your friend in front of a gamma radiation bomb. It was probably a bad idea. Public service announcement right PSA. there. PSA. PSA right there. One more from Jacob Greenlaw. Freaking ready for the new Spider-Man movie. Awesome, dude. Good follow-up. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> At X-Force, Josh tweets, The second act of AVX is amazing. All of the tie-in issues with the Phoenix Force 5 are great. Hashtag formerly Josh the bad guy. Are they called the Phoenix Force 5 ever? They're just the Phoenix 5. Phoenix 5. Whatever. Phoenix Force 5 sounds like a Japanese TV show. Yes. And a great one at that. It's awesome. At X-Force Josh tweets, Redemption. I am a true believer. Make mine Marvel. Best podcast ever. Wrestling is great. I own all the Marvel Blu-rays. We had to explain to him last week what a true believer was. He didn't know what it was. All right. It was also because he got Marvel twin demerits and he's trying to get them back okay next good memory chanza nice job at x-force josh tweets 
Tacos are awesome. Wizard was the greatest magazine, and Blake's beard is better than mine. Am I back to zero twin points? Trying too hard. Yeah, <laughs> trying That's, way uh, too hard. I, we appreciate that. Also, Blake shaved his beard. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that. It, well, when did you shave? Somewhat yesterday. Shaved. And More that much? You and that? Did you shave like full, or did you just buzz it down? Almost full. It's, it's a man, you know. <laughs> it's a man. <laughs> it's a man. Yeah. What does that mean? What's a man? My face. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. At PCE underscore dead meat. It's it's a link. Nope. So I'm not nope. gonna go with that. I'm not going there. <laughs> right. At Laser Mountain Monster. My only complaint was the soundtrack. Other than that, Daredevil was pretty rad. That's right, gang. Patrick Monster this weekend watched Daredevil the movie. Was tweeting with me about it. Uh, Dan Slott tried to salt my game. Tried to tell him it wasn't any good. And Patrick Monster ignored him. Powered through, watched the movie, really enjoyed it. Glad you enjoyed it, Patrick Monster. The soundtrack was fantastic, so I don't know what's wrong with you. That's what's preventing me from giving you twin points. Freaking Evanescence all over the place, man. That was fantastic. Hang me up inside. Hang <laughs> me up inside. At RCS underscore T. I am reading some older comics on NDCU. Who would win in a New Mutants versus Young X-Men fight? Has it happened? It did kind of happen in the Young X-Men series. They got tricked by Donald Pierce into thinking that the New Mutants had gone bad. So the Young X-Men fought the New Mutants. And they did pretty well. But I think if the New Mutants weren't trying to hold back, yeah, the New Mutants would obviously defeat the Young X-Men. I mean, no offense to the Young X-Men. That was like Rock Slide and Anoli and Wolf Cub, Dust. And, you know, that's an impressive team, but they're young X-Men. And the they're title. very inexperienced, so I think the New Mutants are, you know, they would outclass them. Another one from RCS underscore T. For the Zune specifically, the last couple weeks of This Week in Marvel have been hard to hear. Max volume and still problems. Love This Week in Marvel and have been listening since episode one. Hate to miss anything, so the volume is annoying. Blake, you didn't get on that? The one question I've ever gotten about the Zoom. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, the RSS feed is what Zoom pulls in, is what iTunes pulls in, and the file is the same. It shouldn't sound different. I don't know that Zoom yeah. does anything to the actual file, so that's really weird to me. It, it could, could be some compress... Of your from iTunes or something. But it, it, they're not hosting it. All yeah. they're doing is they're basically directing your Zune subscription and saying, oh, this is the file you want. It's on Marvel.com. Perhaps it's a problem with your device, Robert? Maybe. Maybe. It might you be. I want to look into that. Yeah, you, I assume you probably have earbuds and you should probably get like the nice... Spend a lot of money on yeah, on really expensive this. headphones. So you can hear our podcast. Yeah, for the, the four of us just talking about yeah. comics and stuff. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. At Ref Gemlin tweets, Can't wait to get my hands on the Scarlet Witch and Avengers Alliance. So excited. Time for a real Avengers team. Yes. I like all the hashtags. Yeah, you hashtag real, everything. Real commitment. It's good. Uh, another one from At Ref Gemlin. Can Stryker from Avengers Academy fly? The last page of issue 32 is either him jumping or flying. No, I don't think he can fly, but if he, maybe he's jumping on the last page. I see that you tagged Christos Gage in that as well, so I'd be curious to know if he answered. I mean, he's got electrical powers. I know some heroes in the past may be able to use that to give themselves momentum to fly, but I can't remember any specific instances of him flying up yeah. to that point. You got nothing. At Wolf Knight 26, which Marvel characters deserve a WWE championship title? Like, who deserves the Divas title or the US title? Uh, the Divas title should go to Captain Marvel. 
Yeah, she's, she's kind awesome. Of a premier lady superhero right now. Yep. U.S. title that should be kind of a like a team player who's looking to work his way up. Maybe Hawkeye. Okay. Maybe Hawkeye is the U.S. champion, and maybe U.S. agent should have it mm. and go heel, and just be like, "I'm the only one who deserves the U.S. title." <laughs> blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. And Cap has to come and beat him. There you go. Yeah. Done. Another one from Atwolf Knight twenty six. Which Marvel characters do you think are most like Edge, Christian, and Randy Orton? Ooh, Edge and Christian be kind of two like fun loving dudes. I feel like maybe to the X Men like Rockslide and Nole. Rockslide and Nole are like it. Yeah, yeah they're, like they're that. actually very much yeah, like that. Good call. I feel like that's like when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a good call. Randy Orton. Got to be like a aggressive hero, somebody who's kind of like an anti-hero, almost like a Punisher type, just emotionless kind of killer. There you maybe, go. Maybe Solo, because <laughs> when he lives, terror, terror dies. dies. Yes. <laughs> At Wolf Knight Twenty Six tweets: Hasn't the Hulk been able to lift Mjolnir? Nope. No, and he gets really frustrated. Yeah. It's really upsetting. The, to him. There's the scene in Avengers Assemble where. He pushes Thor's hand yeah. and makes... He's like, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Just like that. Yeah, like that. Another one from At Wolf Knight 26. What kind of process does Marvel go through when they try to make a new character? There's no specific process for what we go through because the new characters are usually devised by the creators or creator working with the editors. It could be anything. I mean, you know, if a, a writer says, this is the character that came to me and I want them to be this or... This is how the story goes. It's a case-by-case basis. It isn't like we just go, all right, we need a character who breathes taco sauce and looks like uh, the Hamburglar, because that's not a thing that we do. We'll never need that character. We won't. So we don't really have a specific process. Another one from at Wolf Knight 26 What kind of questions do you guys hate getting on the podcast? Hashtag don't want to ask those kinds of questions. Mm. Stuff that we can't answer. Like, movie-related and stuff that's, like, asking us to comment on rumors. Yeah, rumor. Can't. we can't talk about rumors. If, if you can't find factual information about it on Marvel.com, then consider it not something we're going to talk about, address, or answer. Don't really want to talk about other companies, right. rivals, and stuff like that. It's not what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. But mainly, yeah, the ones you guys have been listening at this point, you know we can't comment on rumors or stuff that's in development. Just stuff like that. Yep. Final one from At Wolf Knight Twenty Six. What are the main differences between the Hobgoblin and the Green Goblin? Also, who do you like better and why? I want Anthony to answer this one because this seems right up his alley. Ah, uh, no. Really? You don't know this? No, I. Okay, Green Goblin. You have Norman Osborn, who developed the serum himself, had it on, used all of his Oscorp technology to make the glider, to make the mm-hmm. costume, make the bombs. Hobgoblin. It was. I can't remember the first Hobgoblin's name. But he found one of Norman Osborn's bunkers and found the serum, found weapons, and used the costume for himself. And there have been numerous hobgoblins since then. It's pretty good, Anthony. His name is Roderick Kingsley. There we go. But it was a mystery for a while. Yeah, it's in the main differences. Green Goblin was a guy that Peter Parker knew. It was very personal to him, and he was the originator. Hobgoblin was more of a guy who just lucked into it and then tormented Spider-Man for a while. Yeah, i got to go with the Green Goblin. You know, he's the original. He's my favorite of the two. Though don't discount Demo Goblin. Mm-mm. Never discount Never. Demo Goblin. Uh-uh. Yeah. No way. Okay. Okramids. At Okramids. 
Love the cartoons. Getting through Avengers now. Can you talk about any upcoming tunes and plans for current ones? <laughs> this would be a perfect example of a question we don't like getting. I mean, yes and no. It, yeah, it's it's hard because there's stuff that I can't talk about, but stuff that I can is like we are doing an Avengers Assemble animated series. Uh, I actually saw some cool test footage for that last week. Looks fun. Exciting. You know, you guys will, will find out more about that soon. Talk about Agents of Smash, right? Yeah, Hulk and the Agents of Smash is happening, and that's cool. It's got Hulk leading a team of other Hulks, and, you know, they're out there to take care of big problems, and it's going to be fun, it's going to be a funny show. Uh, There's some cool twists of how they pull off the storytelling. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Season 2 has been greenlit, you know, that stuff. And there's more that will be available to talk about in the future. I just can't say anything yet. At VW67SQBack, childhood Marvel fan, looking for where to get back into comics as an adult. Suggestions? Uh, there's a lot of different ways to approach it. I mean, if you're really ambitious, like I remember I took a few years off. I don't know how many years you took off if you went from childhood to adult. But sometimes I tried to get right back in from what I missed and catch up as much as I can. But another approach might be to just kind of sample what's out there right now and then figure out kind of moving backwards where you need to get details from that in any instance using the marvel comics app using marvel digital comics unlimited using the essentials using the masterworks there are so many trade paperbacks out there so many avenues for someone who's a lapsed fan now to get back into comics than there ever was in any other time in the past so uh, you get a lot of options but you certainly have a fun road ahead of you yeah, I would definitely say get the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscription and just sample a bunch of books. You go back, you know, six or so months or later, but that's really where you want to go anyway. That'll give you tons of places to find jumping on points for all the books and the characters that you're familiar with. And then you can find out what you like most and go from there. At Simon Sebs, what are you looking forward to doing at this year's San Diego Comic Con? Survive. Yeah, that's get, always the main goal. Get through it. I just like to see people who I don't see the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, the work's fun. Going live is fun. I mean, it's all good. But, yeah, really trying to find time to see friends from the industry and fans who you don't get to see the rest of the year. That's usually the highlight of San Diego for me. Yeah, it's going to be crazy and good and lots of fun panels, some parties, some crazy stuff. I like finding, you know, a little time to walk around and just see the spectacle of Comic-Con. It's fun. I mean, I go to a lot of these shows, and I would say E3 is a lot more of an assault on the senses than Comic-Con, but Comic-Con is more like, you know, more hands-on almost. You can see and do and find and experience a wider array of things. It's a lot of fun. I think these next two are directed at is this, Wait, is this going to be your first Comic-Con, each of you? San Diego? First San Diego, yeah. All right. What are you looking forward to? The exclusives. I kind of really want to get the Thanos mini bust from uh, oh, yeah. Gentle Giant. And just being able to walk around. Just excited to be there. You could be busy a lot. Yeah. Busy. Blake? Nothing. <laughs> no hope, no happiness for Blake. I'll be in the room the whole time. I'll never see. No, nah, well, you're going to have to train some people to help alleviate your duties. Yeah. No. Nope. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, they'll be. I love comic book conventions. So maybe we'll do some live this week in Marvel. That'd be fun. Uh, stuff there. And Blake can edit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
All right, I think these next two are for you. Great. This is from at Ungaji. Hey, this week in Marvel, any plans for hashtag typeface coming up? If not, can I buy the rights for him? I have ideas and a couple of bucks. Also, you guys are totally the right people to talk to about this, as you can sell off the rights whenever you want. Yes. I think we should fire Tim Stevens <laughs> from doing anything with us we forevermore. Find, we just need to find uh, another psychologist, and I'm good to go. I'm sure there are plenty of psychologists out If you're out a psychologist there. and you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to write for Marvel.com, please tweet me at Ben J. Morse. And use the hashtag, no more Tims. I disapprove of this. <laughs> Have you formed an alliance with Tim? Yeah. There was Uh-oh. some dissension last week. You guys are back? a joke. He gets me. <laughs> Someone's got it. Yeah. All right. Let's finish this week off with at Jedward73, Dear at Marvel. I like how he dressed that. Dear at Marvel, exactly what is the Siege Courageous in issue six of AVX? I assume it's related to the Siege Perilous. It's their teleportation method, but I don't know if it's related to Siege Perilous. Maybe that's something Will Cliffhanger ask in This Week in Marvel ADX. We'll see. Coming up later today. We'll see. Final question of the week is from at Wadley Hobbins. Is that a... At Wadley Hobbins tweets, someone should tell the executives at Marvel Studios to make a Punisher Max movie starring and directed by Stallone. You know what? We're going to Comic-Con. I will say, hey, Kevin Feige, you know what? Here's an idea. Bang up, million dollar are they, thing. Are they promoting Expendables 2 out there? Probably. Maybe we can get them together. Yeah. Get them in a room together. We do have the rights to Punisher right. at Marvel Studios, although I do not believe we will be doing that particular thing. If you want a Punisher Max movie, just go watch Punisher Warzone again. That's true. thing is it's insane. pretty much is Punisher Max. It's magnificent. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. something. All right. That covers it for this week. Next week, we have Comic-Con. That's Comic-Con week, so we'll be recording, I guess, again early, but getting the podcast out on time, and we'll be doing some fun stuff from San Diego and out of San Diego, and it's going to be a crazy, crazy week. Thank you to the interns, well, really just Anthony for putting all this together. Well, Rachel put the framework together. All right. And then didn't do anything else. Cool. Thank you to Strami, to Blake, to Ben, and specifically to all the listeners and readers out there for your questions, comments, and sticking with us. Thanks, guys. This is Marvel. Your universe.